you want to contact us as soon as it happens because a lot of people contact us when it's too late. Or my claim was, you know, we get so many calls a week where my claim was denied, you know, or I haven't been paid in six months. Why? If you just called us, this would have been in a month, you would have been paid max, would have been closed out. Well, what happens is with, with people is they just start saying two months, right? And they start being, and it's not, they're honest. They just want to, they tell the insurance company more than they need to know. All of a sudden, you tell, give them all this information and all these red flags fall. Now the claim is getting delayed, you know, you know, delayed months, and then finally denied, and that's when we get the call. So you want to get it publicly just so as quickly as possible because they'll know how to maneuver through that whole process and then get the claim paid. You found the Real Estate Law podcast because real estate is more than just pretty pictures, and law goes well beyond paperwork and courtroom arguments. If you're a real estate professional or looking to build real estate expertise, then welcome to the conversation and discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Law Podcast. Thanks again for listening to another episode. And we're Rory, we're talking about something we've never talked about on this podcast before. We have spoken with uh, disaster attorneys. We've talked to insurance people. We've never spoken with a public adjuster, and we've never really covered that layer of the the insurance world and how adjusters are working with attorneys and and what all that means in the first place. Yeah. And I mean, I hope that our listeners never really have to engage these types of services. But the truth is, if you are investing in real estate and you're um, purchasing multiple properties, someday you will have a problem and you're going to want to know all the different resources available to you to make it right. Um, yeah. So with that, Jason, do you want to introduce our guest today? Yeah, I mean, I kind of hope this is the only time I ever have to talk to Andy. No offense. I mean, like, <laughs> unless we become buds and that, you know, we have lots of questions for you. But like, I don't know, like, Doc Wood, I don't really want to have to deal with insurance. That <laughs> Please welcome to the podcast. This is uh, Andy Gercheck. He is the founder of All City Adjusting, a licensed public adjusting firm. And uh, we'd like to welcome you. So welcome to the podcast, Andy. Thank you both for having me on. Pleasure. So when we heard from your team, I was like, you know what? Rory, we've never had a public adjuster on this podcast. And, you know, being the Real Estate Law Podcast, we like to cover all layers of the real estate and the law worlds. And there's just so many different elements and directions in which we can go. So we're really grateful that you guys reached out to us. We're looking forward to this discussion because this is something that probably a lot of people who are listening have never really had to deal with in their lives. But if they have had to deal with it, they know exactly what we're about to talk about. Most people don't know what a what a public adjuster is or an adjuster because you know most people aren't ready to have things or don't have things might never have one. Yeah, I think it's becoming more and more uh, more known as more disasters happen and more losses are happening. I think it's becoming more you know mainstream and, and coming out so people actually know um, what we do. Yeah, uh, Andy, where are you based out of? Uh, our main office is in uh, Indiana, Trump, in Indiana, actually. Um, we covered 22 states, actually. 23. Okay. Uh, yesterday, Minnesota's okay. on there. And, and why don't you tell us, you know, what, is a, what does a public adjuster do? A public adjuster is a licensed, a licensed individual in the state they uh, operate in. They advocate for the insured. They represent the insured in the entire claims process, first party, meaning they'll take your claim, negotiate it, settle it. They'll settle the ALE portion, the uh, personal property, all the coverages you have, right? They're able to excavate that process, make it quicker, take all that pressure off the off the insured. But then at the at the end, you know, get a large settlement, and get all the money that the insured's owed. Yeah. Uh, Rory, have you dealt with any public adjusters in your time, or have you encountered 
uh, this field that much? I've only encountered tangentially the bulk of my practicers, the the happy days when you're buying or selling a property, dealt with it in some other circumstances. And there's an angle I want to get to too in dealing with condo complexes and you know whose responsibility is for what. But I think the PAs sort of disappear off the radar for a lot of people because they call and they trust the insurance company or they believe that the insurance company itself dictates the the entirety of the process. Well, I guess it will jump right into um, you know, how somebody interacts with you. So People, I assume, traditionally approach you after there's been some sort of disaster or casualty with their property. You know, when should they be contacting you and what are the first steps they should be taking when they do encounter a disaster? That's a good, yeah, that's a good question. So usually what happens is we have our existing clients, right? Because 80% of our clients are going to be landlords, investors, business owners. They're, they're with us. They've been, they've had previous claims, you know, where they're, where we're on their team. So we handle all their claims. So we come in right from the beginning. As soon as something happens, we'll evaluate it, make sure it's it's good to file. There's actually a covered claim there um, that it's actually going to go over their deductible, that it's actually going to be worth for them to file this claim. Um, but yes, uh, all the new clients that call in uh, in our call center will call usually one, something's not happening, right? So all my claim has been going on for two months. My claim's being denied. I'm going under oath. You know, what do I have to do? That's kind of the, the steps. But you want to get a public adjuster involved as soon as you can. Um, if you can get them involved as soon as the loss happens, that's that's your best bet. When you're working with somebody um, after disaster, is your role that of an advocate for the the property owner? Or are you a neutral arbiter of the truth in deciphering what the underlying cause of the problem was and what the valuation is? No, we're a true advocate for the insured, right? But Again, when we take a claim, we do our due diligence to make sure that what we're going to present to the insurance company on behalf of this client is a legit claim. It's legit and we can maximize it. So it's, you know, again, there's clients that do call the office that we turn around, you know, turn away because you know, stuff doesn't add up. So, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, I see kind of two distinct parts in there and you can tell me if I should be looking at it differently. Um, there's the, the the cause of the the disaster, which might go to whether or not this is a valid claim, and then there's a second question of what the value of the claim should be based on what the 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 cost of the the damages are. On that first part, um, what you know, what kind of investigation do you take into the process, and how do you read the insurance policy to to match the disaster with the the claims that are covered? Correct. So a quick example is. You know, sewer backup, right? Those, you know, usually people will have a limit on those uh, water backup, sewer backup claims. Um, and they're usually small, five, 10,000. But what happens if it's a clogged pipe, right? That it didn't back up from the street, that it actually clogged, then it overflowed. Well, now you have a covered loss under your main limit. So you could have been denied because the adjuster or whoever came out just interpreted what the loss, the loss the wrong way, the cause of losses you're describing. So knowing the policy, knowing the type of losses and what the actual loss is, um, is, is part of our job. It's how we get claims overturned and claims paid. And then that second part is, like you said, the value. That's where we bring our team to estimate the damage of the personal property or the damage of the, the entire production. Um, whether it's a commercial building, whether it's a church, for example, we're doing up, um, that's kind of where, you know, uh, where we shine. Now, how would insurance companies kind of take your report seriously or, you know, listen to what you have to say versus what their initial um, in-house adjuster, um, what they say? Yeah. First, it's going to be us having a license, right? Being a licensed public adjuster and and, and having that. Second, obviously, they're going to look, they always, they'll look into the company, the experience the company has. 
and they're going to look at our estimate and our supportive documents. So when we present a file, for example, for a loss, it's coming from me who's been in the business, you know, adjusting construction 15 plus years, plus our top estimator who was 20 years large loss for one of the biggest insurance companies. So when we present a file, we know all the angles. We have files of supportive documents where most of the adjusters now, Rory, Jason, so you know, most of them now are you know, younger. They're trying to get rid of all the experienced IAs and everything and bring consultants and bring people that they can pay less to. So it, it's kind of, you know, you, we're, we're really going against people that have no experience most of, most of the time. We actually worked with an insurance company uh, at one of our places where, you know, we had some water damage uh, that came from above. We had to have Serve Pro or Service Master Pro, one of them, come in there. Uh, and if you remember, there was somebody that walked our property with us. I think they were from the insurance company, though. And they were just saying, oh, we got to rip this up and that up and that up and that up. And it was like, wow, you're going to pay for all this work? It seems like an awful lot. Like, who was that person? That person was an adjuster as well? That was that's a situation where we actually had two different insurance companies because it was a condo unit. So we had the yes. the master policy, which actually was the responsible policy due to the the roof leak um, that created some damaged insulation and everything. So that was a master policy issue. And they sent out their adjuster and, you know, they seem to be incentivized to say that, oh, this is nothing, you know, you just got a little bit wet, it's fine. And then there was the adjuster for our private insurance company who, I'm not sure if they anticipated subrogating the issue or what, but they seem to be incentivized to rebuild the whole, the whole interior of the condo. Um, so we got two very different um, reports coming out of that same loss. Those condo losses, and, and we're very picky on when, when we handle those. Those get very tricky. Uh, we had a call yesterday that came in, same thing. You know, my unit was affected, but it was the, it's the associate or the management company, so the, master, the master policy, their insurance. And now it's always the argument, who owes for what? Now you have the bylaws, you have the policy, and everyone's trying to kind of put the blame on Was it the contractor's fault that did this? The manager company hired them or the main policy? It's just everyone looking at someone to blame. And it's just very, uh, uh, it gets very, very ugly sometimes. I remember what I was going to ask. You know, if you're, when you're kind of have these competing um, estimates and claims and accounts of what happened, um, you suggested that just the credibility of your firm and your experience goes a long way um, when working with the insurance company. Does that mean you actually qualify your own claims before you present them? Um, do you, you know, weed out clients who may have really weak claims so that they don't sort of damage your credibility when you um, go to articulate the solid claims? A hundred percent, for sure. I mean, we look at every day. We do our due diligence. When people call, we, we, we look at the claim, we'll go inspect the claims to see is there value, is there something that we can bring to that table and, and help our clients? Because if we can't bring any value to our clients, well, why are we going to take the claim? I mean, there's no, there's no reason to waste anyone's time. Or So yes, uh, we'll do our due diligence and some claims. But when you go back, not just our experience, it's the, the documents and everything we provide, right? The tools we use to put a file together, everything supports itself. So we present it to the insurance company. They're, it's hard to say no or we can't do that because everything's supported. You know, right right on your website, Andy, you, it says here, the insurance companies are not your friends. And then you list, like, there's logos for all these insurance companies right here. Do Like, when they see you knocking on the door, are they are they trembling? Are they, like, just frustrated? Like, what's their reaction like? I never, never saw that other side of what, they, what happens when they get out a letter of representation. Um, I really don't. Uh, I really don't. But they're not your friends. You have to think about it. 
everyone that the agent, the adjusters, the consultants, the vendors, who do they work for? Who pays them? The insurance company. So who if the vendor doesn't do what the insurance company and I and I consult other companies that are in the restoration field, we do that as well. And we see them on the vendor programs, no one the insurance company will tell them, You you can't do this, and we're not gonna pay for this. Our guidelines are you can only do this. And it's like, well, this needs to be done. Well, we don't care. We're not gonna pay for it. So it's all these people that work for them and who's actually helping you get the claim paid, get the max settlement. No one. Yeah. So that begs the question to me, you know, how do you get paid in the process? Public investor charges a uh, flat fee. Uh, there's no, uh, it's all based on contingency. There's no retainers. What a public adjuster brings to you and the value and the final settlement, it's what we charge off. And it usually starts at 10% and they can go up from there based on the complexity of the claim or a claim that for maybe was denied um, and that comes into us and, and we have to do a little bit more work. So mm-hmm. it depends. But usually, usually it starts at 10%. And, and your value proposition is that you could get a greater um, claim or a higher claim by working with you. So like, for example, if someone were to just try to work with the company themselves, they might get X, but perhaps working with you would allow them to get three X. Therefore, your fee would just, you know, be, they wouldn't even feel it because they'd be getting a yeah. higher. Yeah, Jason, we take a claim, we did our due diligence, we sign a client up, you guys, you know, come to us with their claim. Your end goal, your return on your investment is much greater than our fee. It's our, our fee will pay itself 10 times. Like there's no, mm-hmm. that's something we're never worried about. We know the value we're going to bring. Yeah. In some of the materials that I was reading over, you know, in preparation for this, uh, you mentioned something about uh, that you're passionate that people shouldn't be discriminated against based on race or gender or any other reason. Is that something that happens a lot in this field? Like, do you see that with some of your clients? We do. We have a client right now. I'm not going to say where they're located or who the insurance company is. But I mean, if we went on air and I pulled a smile at you and kind of told you guys what has happened and, and transpired from day one, you would, you might have tears running down your, your eyes. Cause it just, you know, I was under, I, I wasn't even sitting with the insured during the EO, uh, EO uh, examination under oath uh, with the insured when the attorney was asking the questions and I mean, you would have bald eyes just the questions they can ask. I mean, they have gone, this was a African-American older lady that just has been to the grinder, to the grind. I mean, it's just insane. That happens all the time, right? So it happens in the mortgage industry. It happens in real estate. You know, Rory, there's been laws passed against this for, you know, redlining laws many, many years ago, right? I mean, the other, that's an entire podcast series about the, um, the what was enshrined into real estate law and what the realtor associations all did and co- um, collaborated to do back a generation ago and the impacts that are still felt today. And I think myself and maybe most people, I would like to think that everyone does the best and it doesn't happen and it, everything's fine and you know there is no you know discrimination or any. But when we see so many claims come in, we're like, why is this person being handled so like why are they scrutinizing this person so much and there's nothing that this it's just why yeah there's value that you're adding there too i see because you have a perspective you've seen many many claims whereas that one individual they have nothing to compare that experience against particularly if it's a homeowner with a one-time problem they don't know that they're being treated differently from other people necessarily they might just assume that all insurance companies are, are terrible in the way that they treat their clients and most insurance companies the way they treat their clients the way we're seeing it now there's just an article that was released in washington post uh that was really Washington Post about the Florida claims and what they're doing where, you know, they're altering adjusters' reports in-house and sending low, you know, low payments to insured. I mean, it's all over the internet. 
Um, and that's something that's been happening since I, I, I started in the industry. It's always been happening and it's, and it's going to keep happening because the insurance companies have all the power. Yeah. Unfortunately. Talk a little bit about when somebody should contact you guys or any public adjuster after an incident occurs. When you're saying yeah. when to contact us, you want to contact us as soon as it happens. Because a lot of people contact us when it's too late. Oh, my claim was, you know, we get so many calls a week where my claim was denied, you know, or I haven't been paid in six months. Why? If you just called us, this would have been in a month, you would have been paid max, would have been closed out. Well, what happens is with, with people is they just start saying two months, right? And they start being, and it's not, they're honest. They just want it. They tell the insurance company more than they need to know. All of a sudden, you tell, give them all this information and all these red flags. And now the claim is getting delayed, you know, you know, delayed months and then finally denied. And that's when we get the call. So you want to get it public just as quickly as possible because they'll know how to maneuver through that whole process and then get the claim paid. I've seen, uh, fortunately enough for us, but I've seen friends have issues. And I know in the moment, if particularly in a, a major uh, loss, it's a very emotional time. It's very difficult to keep things um, straight, but that's probably the most vital time to document, to um, to get people involved and to get help. What resources or what tips do you have for people in that moment, just as they've experienced the loss? As soon as somebody, especially for like a family, you know, it's a family, you want to board off, mitigate the home, right? Because you don't want anyone breaking in. And it's kind of your responsibility. So mitigation is part of the insurance responsibility. So you want to board up anything, protect anything, take any valuables with you, um, and then document kind of, if you can go back in and walk through the house, take as many photos or videos as you can. Those That helps so much when the claim does, something goes haywire and it gets delayed or it's getting denied or something else is going on. Because then we can doc- we can kind of go through it and see everything. Um, so documentation is one of the biggest thing, and honestly, say as little as possible. Mm-hmm. And the best answer to any question is I don't know. Mm-hmm. People try making up answers um, and try talking about their whole life story, and all of a sudden you're going under examination because why are you doing this? And now a fire happened, but you had this happen. Maybe that fire was you know set up so this could be. I mean, they'll they'll create stories and narratives all day long. Yeah. I yeah, I seem to remember speaking with the insurance company when I reported this incident. You know, it's all they're on recorded lines, I believe, right? right. So everything I'm sure they're transcribed. As soon as you as soon as as soon as you take the call the claimant, Jason, it says you are being recorded. And from that day everything gets you know, is on your file, on your claim. Mm-hmm. So once you've kind of filed your report, you know, what service would a public adjuster like yourself provide afterward like is there a follow-up that you're you're doing or do you have to show up at depositions or court cases or what our claim like our claim process keeps going until we get a client so like our firm especially like it's very strict being in the midwest with laws not um with the laws here not in favor of the insurance you really have to work your claims on your you know by yourself and there's no really external help like attorneys and stuff so We'll literally take the claim as far as we can, exhaust all our options. And then if still it's not paid, well, then it's, you know, then it's how do we work with them? What's our next option? It has to be bringing an attorney in. Yeah. We'll be right back. Every other real estate rental property deal analysis spreadsheet is wrong. The only spreadsheet that correctly analyzes your real estate deals taking into account reserves, true cash flow, including depreciation, 
and your true net equity on a property is the world's greatest real estate deal analysis spreadsheet from the Real Estate Financial Planner. Download a free copy today and finally start analyzing your rental properties correctly. Go to refp.info forward slash free to download it today. Wow, this is fascinating stuff. I mean, before we get to our final questions, I want to find out how you got into this field in the first place. I was already in the restoration field, construction, restoration. I met a public adjuster who was actually in the industry for over 40 years. He was the first African-American public adjuster in the state of Illinois. Um, and met him on a job site. We started talking for like two or three years. I kind of called him and was like, hey, you know, would you teach me the industry? I don't know anything about it. So he was like, no, no. Year after year, and finally, like I think it was like third year, I was, I was, it was my, uh, I still remember being in, in, in my room saying, okay, was, this will be the last call I make him. If he doesn't want to help me, then I'll just delete his number. And he actually answered, said, you know what, meet me tomorrow at this place, this place, and we'll get everything figured out. So he took me under his wing and uh, taught me 40 years of uh, the industry that he was taught from like some of the best PAs here in uh, Illinois. Yeah. That is fascinating. It's not a field that you encounter a lot of people that are in. Um, you know, it does, it's not talked about too much, like out there on, in the podcast world and online. Uh, I probably haven't even looked for it, but I'm sure if you look on the internet, you'll find lots of information about this. And, you know, Andy, this is the world you live in. So, you know, this is all great information and we appreciate it. Rory, any final questions before we get to the three we ask all our guests? Perhaps maybe this is a bit of a layup for you um, since, you know, you've built your your company for it. But if somebody is in a situation or somebody wants to be proactive, how should they select a PA firm? Good question. A referral would be would be probably the best. If you can call, you know, any friends or any people in the industry and say, Hey, did you have your work PA? Do you have anyone? Um, because I'll tell you, because not every PA is built the same. Some PA firms do rest, you know, more roofing claims, smaller claims. You know, we do commercial claims and larger losses, and most of our uh, clients are are uh, Again, investors or business owners or, you know, anyone in the real estate industry. Other than that, you know, Google, there is also associations like Texas, California, I have also, you know, public justice associations, and those have really good uh, public justice that you can, uh, that you can find. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. We'll make sure that we link up to your website. You'll have to tell everybody all that information after these final three questions, just so they could reach out to you. But Andy, we asked these questions of all of our guests who come on the podcast, just as a way to wrap things up and get to know you a little bit better. They're really easy. There are no gotcha questions. First one, if you can get on stage and talk for a half hour about any subject in the world with zero preparation, maybe adjusting, maybe not, what would that be? I think life and uh, life goals, momentum, and, and everything it takes to, to build something and, and drive and all that stuff. Maybe like a Tony Robbins thing. All right. Tony <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's only one Tony Robbins. Um, second question we have, tell us something that happened early in your life or career that impacts the way that you're working today. Early in my career, I made so many mistakes. I wanted to grow really quick. I wanted to have an office, have all this stuff. And I made so many mistakes uh, that set me back so far. And I did a business with so many wrong people that all that bad I learned right in the beginning and everything just kind of prepared me now for, okay, I've already dealt with all these bad people and all these bad practices that there's really nothing I haven't seen. So I think all those issues that happened right in the beginning when I started uh, has helped now. Yeah. As long as you learn from those mistakes, you know, it's okay yeah. that you make them. You just don't make them again. Crack, I mean, yeah. Yes. If they were made again, it would have an issue. 
Probably wouldn't be on your podcast. (laughs) Final question we have. Tell us something that you're listening to or watching or reading these days. Anything in the world. Yeah. I'm trying to learn Spanish. I'm working on that. Got a couple of books. I'm on Babel. And then I'm watching Ted Lasso. I just finished watching the last episode. So, Rory, we haven't seen the new season yet, right? We're, we're definitely backed up a season on um, yeah. Ted Lasso, but I kind of like having it that way. So that way you, you have something to yeah. bend when you're... My wife's the same way. She's like, I don't want to wait till the season's over. So I can watch it. I can't wait for the next episode. Like, I just wait. Keep yeah. refreshing until it pops up. <laughs> yeah, because uh, a- Apple doesn't do what Netflix does. They don't put the whole series out at the same time, right? They put like two they episodes don't. out at a time. Yes, they're doing an episode a week. So I, a one sometimes, a week. It's, sometimes it's Monday, sometimes it's Tuesday. I don't know. I just go and refresh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll make sure we check that out. Are you guys watching the playoffs? The, yes, we're, we're watching all the playoffs. We're watching basketball and uh, hockey. By the time this comes yeah, out, you guys, playoffs, got, you, guys got, you guys got two teams. We got it all, yeah. yeah. I mean, but by, by the time, well, that's what that's. You guys are so spoiled in that's that's why Rory's business is next home next home title town. We took that away from uh, Green Bay and and you know yeah. Boston's been title town for the better part of the past 15 <laughs> 20 years. By the time this comes out, uh, I believe the NBA and NHL playoffs will be over and hopefully we'll see two champions from Boston, but um you know, I know you you probably disagree. Are you what are you a, a Pacers fan or Bulls or Blackhawks or what is I'm Bulls fan and Blackhawks Blackhawks, yeah. This is how many Blackhawks are we going? We, we had our run. We had our two champions. Yeah. So yeah. This is how ignorant I am. I'm just like, I don't even know who's in the playoffs, but like whoever's playing, you know, the Celtics and the Bruins, I'll just watch that series, right? And then we'll just beat them and then go to the next one. (laughs) (laughs) So Andy, how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about what you guys do or work with you directly? Um, They can visit our website, allcityadjusting.com. But for your listeners, I'll leave them my cell phone. If your listeners have questions or want to look over a policy or, you know, I had this claim before, feel free to reach out to me uh, personally. My number is going to be 708-655-4186. My um, direct sell with any questions for your listeners. All right. Well, dangerous to put that out there, but uh, we would well, appreciate for it. Now I can, for now, I can take yes. those calls. So yeah, then maybe we'll be someone else taking that call. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to route those offshore. Then they'll, they'll cipher through which one's the ones <laughs> you're supposed to get. So Rory, where can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about what you do? You can find me here at my real estate brokerage. That's Next Home Title Town, nexthometitletown.com. Or at my law practice, Urban Village Legal. That's urbanvillagelegal.com. All right. Comments for me, questions uh, about anything you heard. If you'd like to be on this podcast, if you want to reach out to Andy and can't get a hold of him on his personal cell phone, um, shoot me a message, jason at nexthometitletown.com, and we'll read through all those. We love your comments. Uh, We love your reviews, especially if they're five-star reviews. We appreciate your listening to this podcast, and we hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. I've learned a ton. Rory, I don't know about you, but, you know, I knew very little about public adjusting before this. So, you know, Andy, you you are our expert, and hopefully you're now the expert of many people who are listening to this. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Um, Good luck and everything. And, uh, yeah, you guys, uh, hopefully you have two championships coming up here, so. Good for you guys. We'll see what happens, but I can't make any really bold claims right now because, again, this will come out after lots of disaster. Will, could have happened. I will, sports I will tell you. I will tell you. Take a title town. It's bold. Take the title town. It's your best. Which we need it. We need it to stay relevant. <laughs> I will say we we took it after the big run that happened, you know, and then since then it's it has not been as lucrative of a run in the sports <laughs> worlds. But Rory, maybe we jinxed it. Who knows? It's our fault. Yes, it's our fault. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. This has been the Real Estate Law Podcast. Because real estate is more than just pretty pictures. And law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments. 
We're powered by Next Home Title Town, Greater Boston's progressive real estate brokerage. More at nexthometitletown.com. And Urban Village Legal, Massachusetts Real Estate Council, serving savvy property owners, lenders, and investors. More at urbanvillagelegal.com. Today's conversation was not legal advice, but we hope you found it entertaining and informative. Discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. Thank you for listening.